when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The same is true today as it was then until you recognize, until you realize who you are and who Jesus is. You cannot make it on your own. You will not be saved. You've got to understand who you are. Then you've got to understand who he is. And then you have to realize I can't do anything with this. This is out of my power. This is out of my authority. So I breast it all in Christ Jesus. That's how you're saved today. Regardless of what anybody else will tell you. Don't listen to a talk show host trying to talk you out of that. That's the fact of who Christ is. But when Jesus came to die uh, where did he go? When, when Jesus Christ had died for the sins of all mankind, where did he go? When he went into the tomb, did he just lay in that tomb for those three days? Well, let's look and see what happened. Turn with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Starting a reading there in verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was, uh, was uh, uh, preparing, wherein few, that is eight, souls were saved by the water. So what he's talking about, Jesus Christ is went in and he's preached here. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 real quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 starting there in verse 8. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he has ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up uh, above all heavens, that he might fulfill all things. Now this clearly tells us that Jesus Christ during that time did not just lay in that tomb dormant. Jesus Christ went into hell and said, Oh, what these prophets have told you. You were disobedient when Noah preached for 120 years telling you that I'm the Messiah and you lived your life the way you wanted to. And you're getting what you got. You're getting what you got. But I'd made a way. I'd made a way that you didn't have to do this. I am who the prophets talked about. I am who Moses proclaimed. I am who Isaiah proclaimed. I am who Daniel proclaimed. And you miss me. But here I am. See, our unbelief, the unbelief of man, will not change the fact of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ is. It doesn't matter about your opinion, what you think, or what you've been told. Outside the Word of God, Jesus Christ is the King of kings, Lord of lords, without you or with you. That's who He is. That's who He is. But why did he go there? Why did he go there? Go with me back to 1 Peter again, chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 
4, verse 6. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but, uh, uh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Just bear with me here. I want us to get a firm foundation in the Word of God of where we're going this morning. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Matthew 7 verse 21. But not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, uh, have, I, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. We'll start a reading there in verse, uh, excuse me, verse 19. Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was led at his gate full of soul, or laid at his gate full of souls. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried. And said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. And likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they uh, pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would sendest him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that, they may testify, uh, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto him, If they uh, hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose from the dead. Matthew chapter 27. This is our last scripture that we'll go through. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, starting our reading there in verse 52. Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. Now this is after the uh, resurrection. 
And it says, And the graves uh, were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves uh, after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. What's happening here? When Jesus Christ arose, it's, arose it said some saints of old walking around in Jerusalem that day. You see, God's not the respecter of person either. Some just didn't come up, mothers didn't. But I want us to get something this morning as we're fixing to bow for a word of prayer before we take this tour of hell. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would anoint me from on high, that you would make something of me that I cannot be, that that would be effortless as I stand behind your pulpit this morning. I pray for your authority, your power, and your guidance. Lord, if there's things that I would say that you don't want me to say, that you take them from my mind. But Lord, if there's things that I need to say that I have uh, not studied, that I don't know, uh, that I was not going to bring up, I pray under the moving of the Holy Spirit that you would put them in my mouth, that I would be just your spokesman this morning. I pray that you would, uh, that all of heaven would come down. I pray that in my soul itself, Lord, that a great shaking and a great moving and a great power of the Holy Spirit rock my soul that you would do something with me that I wouldn't do without you and Lord I pray this morning that I would preach as if this was my last sermon and Lord I pray that the ears of those that will receive it that our hearts would be open to it as if they'll never hear another sermon so you use us this morning I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place I pray for your divine protection upon all here today and I pray this in the name of the King of Kings Jesus Christ bless us with your presence this morning Amen I want everyone to lay their Bibles down lay them to the side and I want us to clear our minds of everything that went on last week I want you to clear your minds of where you're going to go eat supper or dinner today. Don't worry about how long the line's going to be. They'll probably be cleared out before you get there. Let me rest get you some assurance in that. I want you to clear your mind of what the crock pot's doing and what work you've got coming up this week. I want you to clear your mind of all these things and let's focus on what God's already said in His Word as we take this tour of hell. We're going to pretend today that this sanctuary is a great elevator. And I want us to get a a mental vision of this great and tragic place called hell today. Because I believe with all of my heart, if God's people would get their hearts right, if the children of God would truly understand how horrible a place hell is, that we would be more concerned for those who know not Jesus Christ. And if we, uh, and if the lost knew what they will, and I repeat the word will, if the lost just knew what they will face in spending a Christless eternity without Him, I believe that people would start driving themselves to Jesus Christ. I believe that God's people would wake up and say, I will not stand for any of my to go to this place. I will not stand for any of my loved ones, any of my friends without me at least warning them of the tragedy for eternity to come. You and I cannot explain nor grasp the glory of heaven. Neither can you and I grasp the horror and the tragedy 
of hell. If you just took hell and you say, well, I'm going to tell you, here's one of the things that I see in my own life. When you, uh, an individual goes to hell, hell has excluded the mercy of God. It's withdrawn. We see people die in tragic ways, whether it be with cancer, whether it be with just old age, and they die, and we look upon that shell of a person that used to weigh 150 and now weighs 95, and we say, oh my goodness, look at this. But that does not compare, because God's mercy is still upon them. But I believe today, and the Word of God proclaims to us that God's not going to give you a glorified body to go to hell in. You don't get a tuxedo on to go to the hog pen. You will die in your sins without Jesus Christ, and if you leave this world with cancer, you will spend an eternity in hell with cancer without morphine. That's a fact. If you leave this world today, those that are hooked on heroin or on alcohol, they will DT for an eternity without any fix for it. That's why I believe today if God's people would just get our hearts right and we would start really focusing in on what hell is, it would change us completely. So this morning I want us to take this tour of this awful place called hell. And we will act as if this sanctuary is this elevator and we're all loading on this elevator and we're going to this place called hell. Now, of course, we as children of God will never have to go to this place now. But today, I, I want us to get a picture of what it's like. So we're all on this elevator. The door closes. And we start traveling down. Down. And the further that we go down, the faster that this elevator gets. And at once it finally seems like this thing is free-falling us. And it just keeps falling faster and faster and faster. And the further we go down, the hotter the walls get on it. And we all start gathering up in a big circle to get away from those walls. And by this time, many of you already got scared about this thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a little concerned how we're going to come to a stop. Because we just keep traveling faster and faster. And I can hear some of you already starting to cry. People start moving to the center of this elevator. Then all at once we come to a sudden stop that buckles our knees. Children fall down. And the doors open. And we are standing in total darkness. Oh, but something worse than just the darkness. Brother Joy, we can hear screams of torment. We can smell smells that we've never smelt before. And we can hear the horror on people's faces. We can hear mothers screaming out for children. And it's darker than nine midnights. We hear grown men crying out for their mothers. It's so dark that we can't see the hand in front of our face. And by this time, many of us are crying out of fear. Then I hear someone say, I see a light. And I looked and I saw this just dim little old light a ways off. And I start running towards it and I can hear people running behind me. And I hear people stumbling and I hear people falling, knocking each other down just to try to make it to the light. And finally we make it into this room where the light's coming from. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm so relieved that I just made it to the light, that I just made it out of all that darkness. 
I start getting my composure back. And in this room, there's a great big desk. And on that desk, there's this huge book laying there. And there's a man sitting behind that desk. And I said to him, he said, I said, now, now I'm, from, I'm the pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, and we've uh, set up to get a tour of hell. But being still a little shaken from the trip I just got coming down here, we're not staying. I just want you to know that. We're leaving. We're just on a tour. And he said, I fully understand. Fully understand what you're doing. It's, I'll have you jotted down on July the 19th at 1130 to take this tour. At this time, he stood up. And he said, I need to introduce myself to you for I will be your tour guide. My name is Mr. Death. That's my desk that is sitting there. And also that great book, I'm the keeper of that great book of death that is sitting there. All that come through this place of death that never dies, they write their names into this book of death. Now I'll be your guide today and I want to show you these great crevices of all that come here of where they're placed. So we start down this hallway. We walk up to this first crevice. And it had a great big sign hanging on it and said, this is the crevice of the reprobate. Mr. Death turns towards us and he said, now well, I'm going to tell you what's in this crevice. Before you go up to the ledge of it and you look into this great crevice here, what's going on here, all those that hated God. All those that hated anything about God, all those that hated the church, all of those that hated the name of Jesus Christ, all those that hated any work that God uh, had going on. And as we walk up to that opening and look into that crevice, there were men and women floating in this lake of In there and we There was nothing in life that could uh, get us ready to see this because there's nothing in life that could prepare us for what we were seeing. Many of you were hiding your eyes. You couldn't look at it. The torment that was coming from this place. But then there were other of you that just wasn't covering your eyes. You just had them closed and you had your fingers in your ears because you could not take the screams that was coming from this place our minds and our our souls will be totally scarred after what we just said there will be great uh, nightmares that you and I'll have from looking into this crevice and see what went on there and is going on today Mr. Death said we need to move on I have another tour coming so we need to move on we walked down that hallway, we took a right, walked a little further, 
came upon another sign that said, this is the crevice of the rebellious. This is the crevice of the rebellious. This is the crevice that everyone that said, you know what? I know that I need to be saved. Those that have rebelled against God, those that knew they needed to be saved, but they would not accept Him, they would not say yes to Jesus Christ. It's those that would always use the excuse, well, I'm going to just do it a little later, just not today. I'm not just going to do it today. They always thought that there would be a tomorrow, but tomorrow never come. It's those ones that said, I'm going to do it when I get a little older. It's the ones that said, I'm going to live life a little while before I do that. It's those young people that thought that they had a long life ahead of them. And their life was taken out of It's those ones that say, well, I tell you what, preacher, I pray. It's those that say, I read the Bible. It's those that say, I'm good to folks. It's those that said all these things that they've done except for receiving Jesus Christ. And as we looked into that crevice, it was more than we could take. The pain, misery, and sorrow of this place crushed us. Crushed us. We felt as if we couldn't stand it any longer. And I heard many of you start to tell me, Brother Gary, let's go back. Let's get out of this place. Let's not stay here in this place. Let's move away from this place. Let's just go back to the church. But before I could say anything, Mr. Death spoke up and said, Everyone just calm down. We're going to take a moment to gather ourselves and then we'll move on with our tour. As we gained composure, he said, if you would, follow me. We started down this long hallway, walked for a few minutes. Then Mr. Death stopped and said, right around this corner here to the left is our next crevice. And it is the crevice that we're most proud of here in Hale. Man, we, we take great joy in this crevice. This is the crevice we truly put a lot of stake in. This is the best one we got. And as we rounded that corner, this great big sign set over the opening of this crevice, and it said, the crevice of the religious. As we looked into that crevice, we seen Sunday school teachers uh, that we had as children and maybe as adults. We seen preachers that we had heard. We seen evangelists in there. We seen musicians that had came to the church that we know, we knew them, and people in whom we sat beside in church, and they were saying, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in thy name and cast demons out and done many wonderful works, but they never... I went back to that time when I said, Jesus, will you save me? I know that I'm a sinner. I was going to make sure that I truly had accepted Christ. I didn't want to just uh, say that I was saved. No, I wanted to know that I was saved. I wanted to know that I 
face this priceless eternity in this place called hell. upset I wanted to make sure I just didn't do this because somebody wanted me to I wanted to make sure I wasn't just following a crowd I wanted to make sure that someone didn't impose this on me by some simple prayer and I never had the conviction of the Holy Spirit I wanted to check it brother John make sure mine's pure that I done all I was to do to receive Jesus Christ because he'll always hold up to his end sure that I would be spared this horrible place without Christ some of you were crying still from seeing loved ones in this place but others were crying because you knew that you'd never accepted Christ as Savior yourself you were playing the same game that these people had played now we're all ready to leave here we're ready to go. I told Mr. Death, I said, well, I'll tell you what, we're done. We've seen all that we care to see. We're fixing to head back to the church. I'm through with all this. My people's through with all this. And he said, no, hold on just a minute. Just hold on a minute. Just calm down. I have, let's take a break and let's go look at this last crevice. This last crevice. And you're not going to see anybody in it. But I want you to see what it is, what it does. So we took a break for a few minutes. Tried to clear our minds from all the horror that we had just witnessed. Mr. Death said, let's go back up towards my office and I'll show you this last crevice. This crevice is the one that everyone that comes through this place has to go through. And it is the crevice of remembrance. Everyone that comes to this place called hell has to go through this crevice. They will remember when the Holy Spirit convicted them of their sins. They will remember when they looked upon that sunrise and said something bigger than me. There is a God that sits on a throne and I have to get to him somehow. It's those that knew or felt Christ they got to go through that crevice of remembrance and they'll remember all the times that a godly mother wept and prayed over them they'll remember all the times that they heard those good old gospel hymns amazing grace how sweet to sound just as I am and Jesus saves but never would accept him now after seeing this I told Mr. Death, we are leaving. We're done. And he said, that's fine. You finished your tour. But as we got to his office, uh, uh, as we turned to go back down that hallway to that elevator, I saw a long hallway over to the right that we didn't go down. And, and it looked like on the other side of that crevice, at the end of that crevice, there was a great ravine. There was a great gulf fish. And I asked Mr. Death, I said, what's that crevice? He said, oh, you've had your tour. Y'all ready to go. That's abandoned. Don't have anything there. And I said, well, hold on a minute. You gave us a tour. What was in it? And he said, hey, I know that y'all tired. You're wore out from everything that you've seen. Just go on about your way. 
and you don't have to worry about it. And I could tell that he'd gotten nervous. I could hear a nervousness to his voice. And I said, I'm going to tell you, I want to know what's down there. And he said, just go on back to your church. And I said, well, let me say this. In the name of Jesus, he stopped me. Whoa, here now. Hold up. You can't use that word down here. That's something that's not talked about down here. He said, I'll tell you if you don't use that word again. He said, that crevice down there, we call it, it's abandoned now, we call it the crevice of the redeemed. He said, one day I was sitting here, not a spot on my book, no one signed in. And he said, I heard that elevator door open. He said, I saw this man coming down. He got off the elevator just like you did. He came down here. He signed in on my book. And as the demons tried to grab him to put him in through this crevice of remembrance and then cast him in the crevice that he's earned. He smiled at them and as they got close to him, they got spooked of him and backed off. And he took off walking and he walked down that corridor crossed that great gulf that was fixed there and walked into that place of the redeemed. So I turned the book around because he's the first one to ever sign it and his name was Abel. And he crossed over into that crevice of the redeemed. Something strange happened just after he got there. Just after he got there. Every time someone would come down this hallway and as the demons would come out, they would know that they're one of those special ones. They know something's different about them. Those demons would back off and they would start down that. And Abel, after the second one come down, he started proclaiming. You could hear him hollering out, Are you him? Are you him? And he'd say, No, I'm not him, but he's coming. And this went on for years and years and years. And every time they would be crying out, just crying out, are you him? And it just kept going on and on and on. And names like Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David kept coming. And I remember plainly that that day that this one that signed in King David, as he come down there, he walked into that uh, towards that great gulf and they cried out in a loud voice are you him and he said nobody will set my throne and it'll become his he placed me there I'm in his lineage and he's coming he's coming this kept on and kept on and kept on I've heard this so often it just makes me sick to my stomach Mr. Death said and then things started changing Things started changing. He said, the door opened up down there one day. He said, this fella comes down there and you want to talk about rough. He's rough. I thought he's just the type, folks, we take here. He's just the type that we take here. He had on old wore-out sandals, clothes made out of camel hair, and once he signed in, those demons got up there, clothes started backing off of him. He put a great smile on his face. And as he started down that long hallway, I heard him say, 
Are you him? And he said, no, but I just baptized him a few days ago in that Jordan River. And I've carried out as a forerunner of Jesus Christ the things that he had me do. And he's right behind me. And he's coming to deliver his people from this place. Well, once that happened, them folks started getting happy over there. And he got out of hand. Man, they started to party over there. Just kept on and on with it. Then, wasn't long. Others started coming and say, I just seen him. I just seen him. I just seen him. Then he said, that door opens up. He said, this old boy comes in here that was killed because capital punishment for crimes against the state. And I thought, well, I know I've got him. I know that I've got him and the old boy signed in on that. The demons went to grab him. They fell off and I looked at the book and it said thief on the cross and they walked through there and they're crying out, are you him? And he said, no, I just seen him a few moments ago and he told me today I will walk with him in paradise. He's on his way. He's coming. He's right behind me. He no more got that out of his mouth and I saw a light come on. As that elevator door opened up, the light uh, coming from that elevator was so bright I had to hide my eyes. I couldn't look at it. He walks into this room and I look up to see where the demons are because I'm needing a little help and they done left. This place done got quiet. He signs in on my book. Turns. And as soon as he entered the threshold of that hallway, no longer were they hollering, are you him? They started praising God, saying, there he is. They knew the shepherd had showed up. They knew the Redeemer had showed up. And I turned that book around, and he had signed in, the great I am. And as he started across there, a party broke loose. And for the next three days, you couldn't hear anything at this place due to the noise of the celebration across that great gulf. So I asked, well, what happened after three days? Mr. Death said, well, they celebrated for three days of hooping and hollering, carrying on over there. And he said, just before the sun come up on that third day, I looked down that hall, and they're all coming across that great gulf. They're coming out. They're walking out of this, across this great gulf, and when they got up there, that one who signed in, I am the great I am, he looked at me, he took the keys off my side and off that chain and told me that I don't control the keys of death any longer, and they hadn't been back. Calvary Baptist Church, Jesus Christ is not a good way to heaven. He isn't a better way to heaven. He isn't the best way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ, God's perfect lamb, and only way to
Jesus and having talked to Jesus. So let me tell you who he is. As God in eternity past looked down upon mankind and the love that he had for mankind, he went ahead and created mankind knowing what mankind would do. But he also knew because of his grace and mercy there would be a provision placed for mankind that mankind would not be damned. They would not be doomed within themselves. He didn't choose an angel. He didn't create a being. No, he chose his only begotten son who is God himself in the Trinity, the second head of that Trinity. And he said, I'm going to send the best that glory has to send. He told Jesus Christ what he would do, uh, what he wanted of him. Jesus Christ said, I'll do it just like you. that tomb for three days and he turned around when man said I don't want anything to do with Jesus I don't want anything to have with Jesus that loving God turned around and gave him back to us in three days and he's arose today seated on the right hand of the father As a young boy realizing who I was and who he is. Holy Spirit convicted me. Jesus showed up and saved me. And I become a child of God through it. What do you base yours on? What do you base yours on? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today.